The date is March 21st, 1997, and we're watching Liar Liar. Welcome to I Used to Like This One. Hello and welcome to I Used to Like This One, the show where we take a look back at movies we remember fondly from our childhood and attempt to look past the nostalgia to see if they still hold up. My name is Sean Wells, and with me, as always, is the Jerry to my Fletcher. Hello, I'm Colin Stewart. So, this week, we're looking back at March 1997 when the movies and theaters were Private Parts, Men Seeking Women, which is an early Will Ferrell movie I don't think I've ever seen, uh, Jungle to Jungle, you remember Tim Allen oh, yeah. and yeah, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, yeah, yeah, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, which I don't know if that's actually a theater movie. I didn't look into it enough. And of course, our movie for today, Liar Liar, which earned $302.7 million on a $45 million budget. $20 million of that is Jim Carrey's salary. I, I'm pretty sure of that $45 million budget, but hey, he made them their money back. Nice. Well, of course, yeah. I cannot tell a lie, so there will be spoilers ahead. <laughs> So if you don't want this movie to be spoiled for you, then please hit pause, go watch it, and then come back and hear what we have to say. So I've got three taglines this week, Colin, from the posters. You know, I almost want to make this a contest. Do you think you can guess them? <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. One has to be something lawyer-related like a lawyer who can't lie. Uh, no, one, one just has to be like... I'll give you a hint. I, You're thinking I can't, too I complex. Can't lie. I can't lie has to be one. Or or he can't lie. Okay. Uh, would I lie to you is one of them. Oh, would I lie to you? Yeah, would I lie to you? Uh, another Trust one me is, has to be one. Trust me. There you go. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You nailed it. And the last one, coming soon. Honest. Nice. That one. That one's clever. the The funny thing is, if you line all three of those up, you got coming soon. Honest. Would I lie to you? Trust me. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) So there we go. Three taglines, but they don't tell you that much. So let's go to Colin for a sixty second synopsis. You put some stank on that. Professional liar, I mean lawyer, Fletcher Reed will say whatever it takes to win a case. Years of putting his career before his family and infidelity have led to the destruction of his marriage and has now started to get in the way of his relationship with his son Max. After Fletcher misses Max's birthday in order to sleep with his boss, Max makes a birthday wish that his dad won't be able to lie for one day. The wish comes true and it couldn't have come at a worse time as Fletcher has agreed to represent an adulteress in a case that could make his career but relies heavily on his ability to bend the truth in order to win. Fletcher's inability to lie leads to a plethora of awkward personal interactions and his attempts to circumvent or overcome the wish prove futile. 
Meanwhile, realizing Fletcher will never be able to overcome his bad habits and be there for Max, his ex-wife Audrey contemplates moving to Boston with Max and taking her relationship with her new boyfriend Jerry to the next level. With his son and career on the line, will Fletcher learn to be an honest man, win the case, and put his family first? Let's find out on another episode of I Used to Like This One. I was waiting for something about go with Jerry. Inconceivable. <laughs> that would have been. I uh, you're much. You're a much clever person, more clever person than I. <laughs> so liar, liar. Oh boy. I mean, we're we're dealing with twenty million dollar man Jim Carrey at this point. And at the height of his powers. At the height of his powers. The rubber man just owns the world. And uh, this movie came out. I was there for it. I was all in on Jim Carrey at the time, having been a big fan of Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber and The Mask and Cable Guy up to this point. So loved this movie when it came out, of course. Uh, it Absolutely. First real time when it's like, oh, hey, that's what Jim Carrey looks like. Yeah, and because he's not wearing prosthetics of some sort or have some really fucked up hairdo or whatever. So yeah. I, I loved Liar Liar. Now, you touched on it at the tail end of our last episode. You believe that this was your introduction to Jim Carrey. I think so. This is definitely it was either this or Ace Ventura. But for some reason, I feel like it was this one. Liar Liar is more cemented in my brain as being one of those movies as a kid that I just quoted constantly, although watching it now as an adult, I realize there was so much of the dialogue I had, like, I just didn't understand. Like, there's so much like sexual innuendo, yeah. innuendo in this movie that, like, I don't think I ever even thought of when right. I was a kid. And were you watching this in the eighth grade? Or did you, was it a couple years later that you discovered this movie? No, I feel like I watched it like when it came when it came out. Okay, and for some, I have memories of like watching this in like in elementary school when they would pull the card in. Oh, to okay. The classroom. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm off with my timeline of your age. Oh, yeah. Sorry, ninety-seven. I guess you're eleven. So that's yeah. That's grade, grade five. Six. Grade five, six. Or, yeah. 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 So pulling the card in on this one. Wow. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, I don't, like, what teacher, like, I mean, I guess it was, like, the 90s, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, this, the this amount would, of times would... that you can be, like, it, it was a different decade, it was a different time, we were different back then, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't th- I don't think it would fly bringing this movie into a classroom today. No, not so much, not so much. I, I feel like even at a sixth grade level, you're still bringing in shit like Paw Patrol the movie. Love you, Will. Yeah. You know, yeah. but... <laughs> oh, boy. Well, anything else to say about Liar Liar, or shall we do this? No, let's do it. Let's jump into Liar Liar, directed by Tom Shadyak. Shad Shadiac Shad Shadiac. I I don't know how it would be pronounced, but that's the guy that directed Ace Ventura. It's it's like shady, like the real slim shady with an AC on the end. Shadiac, Shadiac. Yeah. Produced by Brian Grazer and written by Paul Gway, Stephen Mazur, and both of those guys have like similar credits. I think they must be kind of a writing team of sorts, and. 
I also heard that it was, um, ah, fuck, I didn't write down his name. There was some guy that had a uncredited rewrite, um, but, you know, a lot of good audio that is. Fuck, I don't remember. <laughs> it was somewhere in the special, uh, I didn't write it down. It, it did have a rewrite, though. We opened this movie on... We see the montage of the children, the, all the kids at school, talking about what their dads do for a living. And mm-hmm. the one kid says that his dad is a liar. And his teacher says, what? A liar? What are you talking about? This is this has always been one of my favorite jokes of the movie, is the fact that he says, well, he puts on a suit and goes in front of a judge. Oh, you mean a lawyer? Eh, Whatever. Like, the yeah. eh, whatever is, like, my favorite joke of the movie. Yeah. I, I was, for some reason, I feel like that kid is in more movies. But this that, is really his only, like, big one. Yeah, that kid has done nothing since 03. He, like, retired from acting. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he, he, he gets lumped into me, like... With the Haley Joel Osmonds and the kid who played young Anakin Skywalker. Uh, uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. The Jake Lloyds yeah, of the they world. They all just yeah. seem like the same guy. <laughs> yeah. The, the Zachary Ty Bryans <laughs> of the world. <Yeah. laughs> There's a deep cut for you. Yeah, well, let, let's talk about this kid and everyone else that's in the movie. Let's let's run down this cast list. Not not as stacked as Armageddon last week. So this is this is a shorter conversation. Yeah, no, I think that like obviously we have the twenty million dollar man, Jim Carrey. I I, Jim I would Carrey. Have, like. There's no way there was any alternate casting for him. I feel like the, there there was what you you want me to blow your mind hole? Holy shit! Okay, so Steve Martin turned it down to do Sergeant Bilko. What? Um, mm. at one point there was a rewrite of this script that had Goldie Hawn in the role. A gender reversal. Mike Myers was thought of at one point. Hmm. Robin Williams. That one. That Robin Williams makes sense to me. Robin Williams yeah, makes even, sense. Even, to even me. Steve Martin makes sense to me. But... Yeah. He, okay. Now here's the one that's gonna fuck you up. Hugh Grant. That would make sense. That would make sense to me. Like you think so? Maybe may, maybe not so. the Hugh Grant of that era. I don't know, but like. Hugh Grant reads to me as like a, a like a comedic kind of slime. Well, he's ball. been having fun now that he's older. Yeah, yeah. I like you know I, I've definitely seen that in recent Hugh Grant stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Back then, he was the charming, mumbling, clumsy British guy in yeah, that's Love I, Actually yeah. and shit. You know, I think I'm thinking of him more like as he is today, where he's kind of just like a shit. Like I could see, yeah. I could see him playing that role now but from what i recall this is four weddings and a funeral yeah hugh grant yeah yeah from what i recall back then he was more of like your stereotypical leading rom-com dude and getting arrested with prostitutes yeah yeah Yeah. how 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 he cheated on elizabeth hurley still like right that woman is right a goddess (laughs) Now, now here's some like uh connections with elizabeth hurley the whole austin powers thing now i mean mike myers like i said was considered for this role as well but this is the movie that jim carrey did and turned down dr evil in austin powers and made that forever 
Mike Myers character. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah, it's funny. Like I can't imagine Mike Myers as Fletcher Reed, and I can kind of imagine Jim Carrey as Doctor Evil, but I don't think the movie is as good if it's not Mike Myers playing the two characters. No, I don't think so because I I feel like you would get a more of an egghead from or Doctor Egghead from Sonic vibe from his Doctor Evil if he does it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Jim Carrey as Fletcher Reed, and then next up... Maura Maura Tierney as Audrey Reed. I find it interesting how they spell Reed. I just want to say that. R-E-E-D-E. Yeah. Like, too many E's, guys. You don't need that many. Drop one. Save some time. She reminds me of another actress that I can't... Like, I feel... Well, Maura Tierney, of course, you know, Mrs. Robert California from the from the office. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, there, there's one for you. Yeah, I know. She's one of those people that it's like, oh, yeah, she also reminds me of that other person who I can't remember. Yeah, like a, a similar there's a similar a very similar looking woman who is in these same types of movies in this era. And they look almost identical, but I can't remember her name yeah and it's screaming at me is it rita wilson maybe (laughs) well rita wilson mrs tom hanks mrs tom hanks no 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 no. it's gonna bother me oh maybe it was maybe i am thinking of her because i think i was picturing the girl from i thought she was the same because rita wilson was in uh jingle all the way Mm, and these yes. movies, these move, those two movies, these two movies tonally kind of vibe the same to me. <laughs> a little bit. There's some manic energy to it. Well, okay. So next up, uh, good luck pronouncing this one. Uh, with with Miranda. I'm gonna say, yeah, I don't know. Amanda, um, Amanda Donahoe, Donahue, 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 Donahue. Oh, maybe Donahoe. I, I, yeah, yeah, but I have no idea who she is. <laughs> yeah, she. It doesn't look like she. She was in L.A. Law. Oh, uh, see, okay. If she's in those kind of shows, they're the shows I don't watch. Yeah, it doesn't look like she was in much. After Liar Liar, she was in Super Troopers Three. Oh my! The Princess Switch Three. <laughs> Oh, she was probably like the evil queen, wasn't she? In the Princess Switch. Yeah, I don't know. She's in a couple episodes of Batman Beyond. Not really okay. anything. Not really anything I recognize. Okay, next. Next, we have Wesley himself, Carrie Elwes, as Jerry. No last name given to Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like funny. what the, the you had a prime opportunity in this mo- movie to make a joke about, you know, what? Oh, your name's now going to be something that rhymes with Audrey. You're going to be Audrey Tawdry or some shit, you know, like I don't know. <laughs> you know, like the Julia Julia joke in uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wedding Singer. Yeah. Yeah. It's always funny to me to see like Carrie Elwes in a movie cuz I literally probably before this podcast like, and I have seen this movie before, but, like, I don't think I ever, ever clued in as a kid that that was the same guy. Mm-hmm. 
But it's like I didn't know he was in Twister. I remember seeing him in Saw and be like, "Whoa!" Like, yeah. Where's he a, been? Yeah, where have you been? But yeah, now he's been like busy promoting the fact that he's in the new Mission Impossible. Oh, is he in the new? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Well, I follow him on Instagram. I haven't seen it yet either. Oh, okay. Anne Haney is Greta. Yeah. Greta's the assistant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little old lady. I liked her. She was a lot of fun. Yeah, she's cool. What? Jennifer Tilly is Samantha Cole. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Joe Swanson from Family Guy and the Bride of Chucky. I don't know why, but and I didn't even realize it until right now, but I thought that was Renee Zellweger. <laughs> oh. oh. Whoops. Interesting. Anyways. I don't uh, know who I'm who to apologize to for that he, comment. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Renee Re- Re- Zellweger, uh, good actress, but, you know, Jennifer Tilly, kind of hotter. I don't even know who else I recognize in this list. I know the name, I know the name Sherry O'Terry, but I don't know yeah, why. It's SNL. Oh, yeah, okay. she's an SNL person. Uh, Jason Bernard, the Judge Marshall Stevens, that's who the movie's dedicated to because he died after this movie was made this was mm. his last movie swoozy kurtz uh, as dana appleton the the rival attorney she's someone that i've seen in a lot of sitcoms over the years so i mean shout out to swoozy kurtz if uh there there was that mike and molly if you ever watched mike and molly she was on that one hmm. or even know of mike and molly I melissa mccarthy's yeah. sitcom yeah yeah so yeah, there we go. Yeah, I mean, a much smaller uh, cast list than Armageddon. That that one's not a go on and on and on cast list. I, I guess the original idea for this movie wasn't to make him a lawyer. It was they they were thinking either politician or real estate agent. I mean, politician oh, wow. maybe. But... I, yeah, I don't get real estate agent. I think polit no. like I would love to see a liar liar two where they do the politician angle. Like, in this day and age. Because I think that would be super funny. Yeah, that could be a good source of the humor. So, we uh, we get to meet Max, and we get to meet Fletcher. And the whole Reed clan, because Fletcher comes to pick him up after winning a big court case. We, we see that, or no, wait, is that before? My, oh, my yeah. notes aren't... That's, that's now. Yeah, we well for, first we get like the him coming out of like we're introduced to Fletcher coming out of the courtroom after winning That's a case. Right. Yeah, and there's the whole like he's on his way to meet his son, but then the news reporter comes and says, "Oh, like we want do you want to do an interview? How's my hair?" And then he goes and does it. So then, of course, he's late to come yes. pick up Max. And he's then that's an unreliable kinda... father. We find out very quickly just what. What a deadbeat dad this guy is, but he is also an amazing dad at the same time. Mm-hmm. Somehow he's both. Yeah, they actually—they weirdly do a good job of never making him unlikable, despite the fact that he's kind of a terrible father, seemingly a very was a very terrible husband, is an unscrupulous lawyer. Yeah, and once he gets honest, I mean, sometimes he's just mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, his brutal honesty, like, part of this curse is he gets 
really, really honest. Mm-hmm. And does he get too honest at times? Can he come back from that the next day? That's what I want to know. Like, after all is said and done, there, there's still tomorrow to think about. What happens then? Yeah, like when he has to go into the office and, you know, reconfront all the people he insulted and made fun of and yeah. and all that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was oh, trying to fi- I was trying to figure out what they're like in that opening scene, like Fletcher comes and we get to see the claw for the first time, which I absolutely yeah. love. And then. It seems like the movie at first is really trying to like juxtapose Fletcher against Jerry in mm-hmm. in these opening moments and then but then they kind of drop it for a while. But even even the way that Carrie Elwes like like acts like it almost seems like he's he is the good version of Fletcher sometimes. Yeah. Well, and they even like mirror the haircuts. Yeah. Like, like he looks like Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. And he's a doctor. The other, the yeah. other, like typical university career. <laughs> yeah, Audrey has a type. That's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah, I lo- I love that line as Audrey's leaving, where he's like, "Enjoy my wife." <laughs> Enjoy my wife. <laughs> yes, I mean, quite the contentious relationship between him and his ex-wife. The the claw apparently is something that Jim Carrey's father used to do to him. Oh yeah, and so that's why he he wanted it put in this movie. So, cool. yeah, uh, and I guess Carrie Elwes is often approached and asked to do his version of the claw to people. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I I mean, ha- ha- having met claw. having having met him at a at a comic con once, I wonder if he'd uh, I wonder if he, he doesn't seem he like would have indulged. Type- he doesn't seem like the type of person to do that, but he doesn't seem playful. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think he's like agor- agoraphobic, so I don't know if like having some like I don't know if that also translates to like him not wanting to like I don't know get close too close to people or touch people or anything like that. But yeah, it was curious to me like how how long like clearly I guess Audrey says at some point that that her and Jerry have been dating for six or seven months, something like that. Yeah. But some sometimes it, their their breakup seems, I don't know, I, either like they're the best co-parents I've ever seen. I guess part of me just feels like if, if they got divorced because he was cheating on her, there would be a little bit more animosity on her part. Like no knowing that aspect of their story makes Audrey seem almost saint like in her patience yeah. with with Fletcher. Yeah, I I don't know whether he deserves her back at the end. That's for sure. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I was I was gonna touch on that later, but we could talk about it now. I thought that was the what the most ridiculous part of this entire movie well we can talk about that when we get there but yeah i mean or now yeah it it doesn't it's definitely not earned it's the you know fletcher was a good guy but unfortunately he's got to go but you don't go right back to him i mean he even banged someone leading up to trying to (laughs) woo you back if if he is actually trying to woo you back because i don't know if he is yeah 
at no at no point during the movie does it really feel like Fletcher's trying to get Audrey back or yeah. like that that was his end goal. It literally just seems like it's something that they're like, well, the story needs a happy ending. And I don't I don't know like how often I guess it just seems ridiculous that like these people are divorced and now all of a sudden they got divorced for a reason. And now, for like the sake of the happy ending, we're gonna say, you know, like, oh, you're all back together. the The nuclear family is restored, and and like we'll go we'll go forward. And it also kind of I think took away from what should have been more of like a father son resolution. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I forgot about the one year later aspect of it. I guess with the yeah. kiss. It's like okay, obviously that's their first kiss. So it's not like they made out at the airport or anything, right? Yeah, so... I guess it's not like the end of Armageddon where <laughs> chicks, chicks, wife, and kids show up, and all of a sudden they're also just back together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just because I watched these movies back, those two movies back to back, where I was like. There's something in the water in the 90s where it's like families just needed to be back together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't keep a family separated. Nowadays we're so used to the idea of like uh blended families and and that so kind of stuff that, that they they don't even they don't even try. <laughs> yeah. So we get a scene from the villains behind the whole scheme of the movie. This is like Miranda and whoever else and they have because they have this big court case coming in from some rich socialite and they need to win so they need someone that is ethically willing to lie in the courtroom and you know we get our villain moment of so we know where this story is kind of going so then we cut to like our introduction of fletcher at the office and what his life is like and how he just lies about everything i have to say that fake zit is incredible like (laughs) disgusting but incredible yeah that's that's a statement yeah that was good to your point about like how when he does when he can't lie he just ends up being mean i think maybe this is like an error in the the point of the movie is just like there are times when you do need to lie for like this the like white lies I think are a real thing. Like I know people are like, "Oh, you should always be honest," but I don't know. I think I think it's okay to lie if you're like sparing to be kind, if you're like sparing somebody's feelings. Like why why would he tell that woman that her hair looks ridiculous? Why would he you know, yeah, make fun of somebody for being fat or that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and then when he does end up telling the truth, like it has to become instead of instead of just simply what's up your weight, right? Yeah. It's what's up your cholesterol, porky. Like you know, like <laughs> it just gets mean. Like what the fuck? Like you don't have to. I don't know. That's not how a roast works. You know, you don't have to like. Start yelling at them. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. Those little white lies are the ones that would get you through the day to be able to live with these co-workers. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the crazy hair, that's Sherry O'Terry. You were saying oh, okay. how you recognize the name. That's where she is in the movie. Is Yeah, she's the one with the hair. But we get our introduction of Greta as well. And she's just like the best personal assistant anyone could ask for. She's buying gifts for Max because it's his birthday. She buys herself a gift because... You know, he says that she should reward herself, and he she's already ahead of him. Greta's Greta's awesome. I love yeah. Greta. Now, I I could have. I mean, I guess she she shows up at the good time, but I could have used a little bit more of her. I think. Like I think I think I think I think that's true. I think Fletcher almost needed to have more of a like apology to her at the end, or like bought her like some big gift. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does, uh, he does give her, win her back. Yeah, he does win her back. Uh, yeah, with, with yeah, with the rays and everything like that. So he yeah. needs her. He needs her in his life. <laughs> you you were talking about Maura Turney and how you can't remember who she looks like. The scene where they go out to dinner and Jerry proposes to her, she looks a lot like Rachel from Friends. Like it's that nineties <laughs> Rachel dude. That she's got going on. Maybe she just has like generic, yeah. generic, that scene. like '90s white girl look. Like I was almost thinking she also kind of looks like Linda Cardellini, or uh, that's the girl from Freaks and Geeks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. she kind of looks like her too. Velma from Scooby Doo. <laughs> uh, oh boy, uh, Fletcher gets some work though. He he ha- he inevitably has to disappoint his son. Like what a what a sad birthday in the morning he gets. You know, like okay, here's your gift. Now daddy's got to play. You know, it's baseball stuff. And are they even at his house or are they in his office? Like downtown, like wherever his office building is. No, I think he's brought, he brought it home. home. Okay. So I think that's his. Yeah, I think that's his home office. But yeah, that poor Max. I mean, God bless yeah. him. Fletcher always makes it fun, though. I like the whole, uh, oh, oh, I ate your That's gift. Right. Hopefully there's no, uh, like, decomposition or whatever he says. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Baseball stuff. Baseball stuff. Great job, Dad. Thank you, son. <laughs> so good. Yes. Uh, see, a lot of this movie, I'm I'm torn between whether I like Jim Carrey anymore or whether I don't like Jim Carrey anymore. Because mm. there was some stuff where it was just a little too Jim Carrey for me. I don't know. There, you know, Some of the stuff he was over the top. I, I was still uh, so upset that he, ju- he was just so mean. Okay. Like you're talking like the, his character or just his like Jim Carrey-isms? Like the overacting well, yeah, his... like... The the overacting, like when he's in the courtroom, like this is jumping ahead, but when he's in the courtroom, why does he have to like yell everything at them? Like, uh, I, I, uh. yeah, I mean, it's a different take because I feel like he could have done it. That's like the Jim Carrey way where it's like everything has to be like amped up to the max. Yeah, but I feel like you could have subdued it a little bit more. And still gotten as much out of it. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I feel like if you were if you were really trying to like not lie, you'd probably be 
quieter, but I guess maybe he's also like super frustrated and like there's a lot of emotion happening. So maybe he was just trying to portray that he's like kind of at the end of his rope and stressed. Yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. So much of it I still loved. But some yeah. of it was kind of like, ah, uh, okay. That one, that one's not funny to me anymore. I, I, I don't have any examples at this exact moment either, so that really helps my case. But you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The, <laughs> what, what of the like best experiences of watching this movie for me on this watch was my daughter, my three-year-old daughter, watched it with me. I mean, maybe she was just humoring me the way that toddlers do because there were times when I was laughing and it was like she'd look at me and then she would laugh. But it was like she like anytime he was like at full, like full Jim Carrey, like weird faces, like highly expressive, like she would just burst out laughing. And now she's always at she's like she's like, oh, I want to watch the silly guy. I want to watch the silly guy. So instead of we've watched Luca 5,000 times in the last month and Paw Patrol. But so now it's like, I'm like, oh, we can add liar, liar to the repertoire because Sophie wants to watch. <laughs> she wants to see the silly guy make his funny faces. Yeah, that's like I was probably one of the only people that watched Master of Disguise. And that's because Chris loved that at a young age. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Sure, you can watch Master of Disguise. It's something different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just funny because I think as I've gone gotten older, like don't get me wrong, Jim Carrey still makes me laugh, but it's like I that type of humor just isn't done as much anymore. Like even the Mike Myers, like Austin Powers stuff, like it's just not that highly expressive, like I don't know comedy on cocaine type <laughs> performance just doesn't you don't see it anymore yeah. and so i've kind of feel like i've outgrown it as i've matured <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know watch it watching this movie i was still laughing along like when he's beating himself up in the in the bathroom yeah, yeah. S- still still hilarious the whole the pen the pen shtick is like the pen still <laughs> was top notch. Yes, I will agree with that. The pen is blue, Colin. The pen, yeah. the pen is blue. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. The the only one where I was kind of like, oh, I don't really. It was I remember really thinking when he gets pulled over by the cop that that was super funny, but I didn't find it as funny now. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I like the part when he uh, shows the pay, unpaid parking tickets, right? Like, that's one yeah. where he pulls it back, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that I thought was funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Max makes the wish. I, I mean, well, he meets with the rich clients to, to, to discuss the legal strategy, and then instead of going to Max's birthday party, he bangs the Miranda. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my God, that that's some violent sex. That, <laughs> that is dangerous you you should sign a waiver before you have sex with miranda you could lose an eye or something you're gonna <laughs> lose some part of your body um but yeah meanwhile max makes his wish that his dad can't lie 
and uh, and his day of hell begins with the phrase, "I've had better." <laughs> yeah, so funny. Yeah, I was trying to look. What did I think? Like, I'm sure I thought that was funny when I was a kid as well. But like, there's no way I understood the context of, of "I've had better" of why it was funny. And and he keeps saying or, or it over even, and over again. Yeah. Or or even when there's the part where they're and he's he's talking to Audrey, he's like, "Oh, the boss is really riding me," and like all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There there are a lot of innuendos thrown in that as he's getting his lip bit and everything like that. The the one that still made me audibly chuckle was the woman in the elevator with the. I mean, the boobs. your boobs are huge. I, I mean, I want to squeeze them. <laughs> my, my. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah yeah that was good uh, yeah like some of the that, gibberish that, i wonder i wonder how that girl's career is going <laughs> like i wonder if she even has a name in the credits or if it's just like boob, boobs are huge girls boobs boob girl? Eleva- elevator boob girl <laughs> elevator boob girl yeah oh probably in 1997 actually i think that's 100 percent right there <laughs> <laughs> that's also that was that was one where i was like could you do that now or would that be too offensive like yeah would that be too would that be too much to to put in a movie now maybe yeah. i it, it's tough call tough call i mean jennifer lawrence just did that movie uh that looks like kind of like like one of the first teen sex comedy movies i've seen in a long time but i don't even remember what it's called right now <laughs> great audio you're you're, you're uh <laughs> you're, you're you're really looking at the hunger games all wrong colin <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so that's not a teen that. sex comedy buddy <laughs> but it's his own murder comedy <laughs> maybe i was looking at the at the hunger games at like when you cross the beads and the, yeah. uh, the rental store. <laughs> oh, those Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> Where games is somehow spelt with an X. So... And a Z. Yeah, games, yeah. And it's like yeah. hung hyphen. Oh, yes R- it is. <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so, so, so Fletcher has to take this newfound problem that he's got to the courtroom. Like he ends up uh, talking some gibberish for a while. Yeah, like and... his whole case is thrown out because his whole the whole his whole strategy is basically to pass this woman off, basically like an abused housewife who's yeah, whose husband thrown. threw her in threw her into the arms of other men. Yeah. And then he yeah. can't do it because that's clearly a lie. Yeah. One of my this is this is my exa- another example of the subdued comedy of Jim Carrey that I enjoyed was when they introduced the honorable judge and and he goes honorable <laughs> and then he looks over at the stenographer and he's like no. <laughs> <laughs> Like that that's just one of those great little moments that I love in this movie where it's like, no, sh- ah, fuck. Honorable yeah. psh. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. I just don't understand, though, why him not being able to lie makes him yell so much. Everything has to be a yell. Yeah, I think my take on it is kind of just like he doesn't know how to do his job otherwise. Like, you kind of get the sense, even in that opening scene when he's coming down, he says something about, basically, even in that case, like, he won because he, because of a lie or, like, because he made the jury believe something that wasn't true. Yeah. And so I kind of just get the sense, like, Fletcher does not know how to lawyer without lying. In that opening scene, the guy that he, like, shouts at on the steps is one of OJ's lawyers. Oh, where really? he's like, yeah, where he says the bit about, like, you know, whatever it was that, yeah, yeah. you were trying to remember what he said there, too. But, yeah, whatever it is, yeah, he's saying that to one of OJ's lawyers. And uh, the guy that he tells to keep the jacket is uh, Tex Cobb. He was in Ace Ventura. And so we were supposed to see his whole trial scene, but it was cut from the movie. Oh. That was how the movie was supposed to open, was on his trial scene. He's the guy he yells at in Ace Ventura to, you know, objects, assholes in the rearview mirror are closer than they appear. And he yells at him later to stop going to jail, asshole. Ah, see? They tied them together. They're creating the, like, carry-verse. The carry-verse. Absolutely. So, theoretically, Fletcher Reed and Ace Ventura live in the same same world. Yeah, and they're all part of the dream world of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Mm. These are all the different memories that have been erased or implanted or however. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. However that movie works, I don't know. But Jim Carrey, see, I'm tying it together. Yeah. so we have the scene with the pen he has to you know like because they they're going to go to trial because he his client doesn't want to settle she wants the 15 million dollars like that that's one of the there that's one of those moments where he yells a lot where she's like she's already been offered two million dollars and he's like sell like it's like why did you have to yell that Right? I don't know. I just, anyway. Or settle. Settle. Settle, not sell. Settle. (laughs) It's an auction. Yeah. (laughs) Man, that joke's ruined now. Fuck. I don't know. You can can retake it if you want. (laughs) No, it's all good. Have another stab at it. Nah. We'll show the warts of this episode. So they have court later that afternoon, and so that's when he ends up going into the office. Everybody gets the truth bombs thrown at them. Everyone gets insulted. All all the feelings get hurt. And all right. he he tries with something simple. Why why of all why has he waited this long to try any kind of lie? He goes back to the office, right? Like, you know, it's such a big production of him going back to the office to get the blue pen. And he's like, aha, this, this out of everything that I could try to lie about is what I'm going to choose to lie about. The pen is blue. Yeah. Like, what would you choose as your lie that you were trying to test this new magical power on this curse? I think I would, I don't know that I would use a pen. I think I would use like a color. Like, but like not a pen. I would just be like, look at a color and be like, 
like the traffic light is blue or the tra- the traffic light is purple or something like that instead yeah. of red or like or maybe even like uh I'd probably just like try to write even but I guess then you're using a pen anyways like yeah. I could write my name is Sean Wells and then would I yeah. <laughs> would it stop me from from lying that way or I see I don't know yeah I just I don't know whether I would run all the way back to the office grab a pen and decide that's what I'm going to do I don't know but it makes for a good scene and I I love when his face is covered in the pen is blue the pen is blue <laughs> yeah. I mean it doesn't make a lot of sense how that happened like that's some pretty uh, good penmanship for somebody to who would have had get... to do it backwards on their face I guess unless <laughs> his 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 uh his hand truly did have a mind of its own but yeah like an idle hands type situation yeah yeah the cursed hand so he then decides he needs to race home and talk to audrey and uh and he ends up getting pulled over headed home because on on the on the phone with audrey he finds out that last night while he was banging miranda his son was wishing that he would stop lying and so he he needs to talk to her well she doesn't she she needs to talk she wants to talk to him Oh yeah, about, because about the, move. about the yeah and the possible engagement and everything, yeah. But yeah, that's when he gets pulled over, uh, headed home. That's that is an impressive amount of dialogue that he throws out of his mouth to the cop. <laughs> yeah. In one breath. I feel like they should have just shown the cop like walking back to his car and driving away and just being like, "I don't, I'm not going to deal with this crazy person today." <laughs> <laughs> That's what would happen. <laughs> yeah. So after he visits Audrey, he goes to Max at school to try to get him to unwish it. So yeah. So now, out of all the things, now see, I mean, I questioned the pen already, and I guess the pen is a safe option. I, I, I don't know why I gave it such a hard time for him to go over to the supervisor of this playground equipment and say something that is very high risk, high risk enough that it gets him slapped. I'm assuming it was something probably sexual. Why would you choose that? Why wouldn't you just say, try to say the pen is blue or the pen is red? I mean, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I guess. Why would well, your yeah. go-to move be like, yeah, be like some, something with with potentially catastrophic, yeah, uh, some obvious harassment? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Especially a grown man in a children's playground. Like, I also it's also oh. curious that we never find out what he said. Like, we kind of infer. I like you could kind of infer based on the elevator that maybe he said something similar. Yeah. But but it kind of bothers me that I don't know exactly what he said to get this to get slapped. Mm-hmm. But yeah. at the same time, I I really love the earnest like the earnestness of Max to just be like, well, when I made the wish, I believed it. But when I did it now, I just like I didn't believe it in my heart or whatever. Yeah. I mean, if Fletcher really wanted to, like, I know I know there is the scene where he goes and beats himself up to try to get an adjournment, but like. Yeah. If it was really that important to him, he could have like broke a leg or something like done something pretty severe. Yeah. That's true. 
because he gets slapped and the wish doesn't get unwished, he uh, goes back to the office and he ends up having to prove to Greta that Max's wish came true. And boy, oh boy, that makes her quit. Mm-hmm. He he is. I mean, this just shows what an asshole Fletcher Reed is. Yeah. All the things he's ever scammed her on and stuff. It's funny. It's funny that that his inability to lie. I guess maybe this is like the message of the movie, but his like his inability to lie forces him to actually be kind to the people he loves the most, but terrible to like people he has no relationship to, like all all those like other coworkers, the people who work in the office. Well, and like all his bosses or whoever is all in that conference room. When Miranda overhears him and he goes in and roasts the boss and everyone else. I mean, we we do get another early or late 90s retard alert in that scene. But otherwise, the roasting of everyone in this conference room was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. I, like... Do they ever explain that, like, if Fletcher loses that loses this court case, that he's at risk of losing his job, or anything? Like, is that on the table? I it kinda, don't. It kind of think it is, but okay, it's it, it's played like it is. I'm, I, yeah. I think I think there's a promotion on the line oh, okay. here. Yeah, so I think he's in desperate want of. I mean, maybe it's a partnership. Even I don't know if it's that prestigious, right. but yeah. That was that was something I was a little I was a little confused about because I was like, well, why? Clearly, I guess they they set it up like it's something high profile. Yeah. But it, what, when he's in the courtroom, like the big boss is there and Samantha is there, and it seems like they're, you know, kind of watching him. So I was yeah. wondering if I guess with in that aspect, they don't they don't really like lay out the stakes like maybe to your point about the yelling or like the extra stress maybe that's part of it i don't know i guess so yeah i'm being too hard on jim carrey for being jim carrey (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the problem yeah that as chris rock would say that tiger went tigers (laughs) (laughs) there you go exactly so we get a little bit more courtroom, and he just can't figure out how to lie in the courtroom. So he asks for a bathroom break. He wanted a continuance, but no, he gets himself a bathroom break. This is this is where we beat ourselves up. Yeah, mm-hmm. kick my ass. Do you mind? So good. Yeah, I love that. And I guess the the sound effects weren't added. Like the the sounds that you hear are the sounds that he w- were recorded at the time that he's making. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no foley work done in that scene. In case you ever wondered, I mean, there's music over it, I think, but still, the banging, yeah, the crashing. I didn't. I wasn't really paying attention to. But I mean, the, I, fe- the I feel. I feel like. I feel like foley punches are pretty distinct, like distinctly yeah. fake that. Maybe that's why I just didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes back to court, can't get out of court, even though his ass has been kicked. I I do like the, who did this to you? A madman. <laughs> A man at the end of his rope. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, so it, it's clever little loophole. Yeah, that's right. He's not. He's not lying. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I thought he was somehow gonna find a way to use use weird loopholes like that more. Like, yeah, like he, you, even his original plan, like he could have questioned and been like, not saying you, but what a what what a person who like was not being taken care of by their husband. Do you think it's reasonable that somebody like that might be so emotionally uh, distraught that they could find themselves in the arms of another person? Like then you're not lying. You're just like you're just like finding a way to maneuver. That would be some real lawyering. Yeah, I maybe maybe that's what I f- was craving in this movie. Even though I walk into a Jim Carrey movie knowing I'm watching a Jim Carrey movie, but maybe it's more of the trying to navigate how to deal with telling the truth. You know, as as part of it. And finding that it's not working for him. But I don't know. Like maybe that goes back to me thinking that he's just way too mean to some people. Where it's like you could find some ways of being nicer. I don't know. No. I mean I think think that that's kind of of the time. Where it's like in the 90s comedy was like. Let's just beat you with the, with it over the head and like and it's like shock and surprise and like mean was funny. Yeah. Whereas I think like to your point, if we made this movie now, it would the the comedy would be more in like how does he like loophole his way around like basically like how does he lie by telling the truth? Like how does he yeah. find his way around around the lie by telling the truth to like maybe affect the same outcome yeah yeah now one thing that i do really like though i mean i i do enjoy the scene where he's badgering the one witness (laughs) he where where he calls the guy that's been banging her yeah and, and he's got him on the stand just just the uh, you know, objection. He's battering the witness. Like he's, it's his witness. <laughs> that that was still a great moment. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That yeah. guy looks like he should have been on American Gladiators or something. Absolutely. Yeah, you stuffed her like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, and so they they end up calling. His uh, client to the stand because of something they say about her age. So yeah, she tells him that she doesn't want to be a 31, 31 year, year old, old divorcee on welfare. That's right. And so that jogs his memory. And so he actually gets good at lawyering all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like uh, it's out of sheer morbid curiosity that I've uh, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think. I don't like. Obviously, it's a movie, but I don't think that's proper court practices. Like, I don't think you can have a witness just sit in the courtroom all day and hear everything that everybody has to say, and then and then bring them up. No, probably not. No. Well, I don't know, uh, unless, uh, like, it's a different, I mean, I've never been a plaintiff or a defendant, so I don't know whether 
if I'm going to be a witness in my own case, I don't know if I'm allowed to sit and listen to. I'd have to be able to. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But then, like any 90s movie, kind of like Big Daddy or, you know, anything that ends in a big courtroom scene like this, you you do have the moment where the lawyer has the, or, you know, someone has a revelation. And in this case, it's when when she ends up winning and she just all of a sudden becomes a real bitch about custody. Yeah, and then she's like yeah. so mean to her kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, you little brats. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just uh it, Big Daddy has the same sort of thing. I can wipe mm-hmm. my own ass. I can wipe <laughs> my own ass that scene. Right? Yeah. I don't know. It, I guess it was a thing that was going There there's another one where it's like trying to reunite families, right? It's it's the 90s. Yeah, the 90s is all about <laughs> families. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and so is uh, the 2000s with Fast and the Furious. True. Or, well, that's not about families. That's about family. Familia. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You know, I have to say that Fletcher is a bit of a dummy for choosing that moment in the courtroom to like get on his soapbox and... <laughs> Start preaching about how he holds himself in contempt. Look, you you had like one last, you you had so many final last chances with your son throughout this movie. Yet somehow at the end you're like, you know, dude, chill. You don't have to like start yelling at the judge about how wrong everything is. Yeah, like it. <laughs> it also it's like. You're, he actually is just doing what he always does again. Like, if you're truly, like, inspired, he should have just been like, oh, I've been so wrong my whole life. And then he should have just gone, he should have just left, been like, I need to leave and gone to Max. And, you know, he probably could have cut them off before they even got to the plane. Yeah. But instead, he's late again. <laughs> late, late again. Late again. And, I mean, it works out because then we get, like, the comedic scene of him going through the baggage claim to get onto the tarmac and then commandeering the uh i don't know what you call it, like the stair stairway little car yeah yeah well one one thing i don't understand is when he does get out of there like out out of the courthouse he he's running down the sidewalk screaming i love my son like it's some sort of big revelation to him Oh my god, wait. I love my son. I'm not allowed to lie. I I realize that I it's the truth when I say I love my son. Were you worried that you didn't? <laughs> I mean, I I don't know if this is if this is for sure, but part of me feels like that had to be an homage to uh It's a Wonderful Life. I know you haven't oh, seen okay. that movie, but at the end of It's a Wonderful Life when George realizes like the world wouldn't be better off if he was dead. There's this whole scene of him like basically like running through town being like, oh, everything that I thought was bad is good. And he's like telling everything he loves, every, everything that he loves it and, and whatnot. And that this scene in Liar Liar is very reminiscent of of that. OK, OK, interesting. Oh, OK, so. They're on the plane. Jerry and Audrey and Max are on the plane. Jerry says, I love you. 
and she says, thank you. Is this the first time he's saying I love you? Yet he's proposed already? Like, or has have her feelings changed? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, that was weird. I like if you don't, lo- <laughs> I thought the same thing. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but it's like she also talks about how like they've been together for six months. They, you know, they've been sleeping together. Like, I don't know. I feel like maybe you should have been at that point already. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But, but aside from that, I definitely don't think you move in with somebody that you if, you, if you don't, don't if you don't think that you definitely don't propose if you don't if that like if that hasn't been established like i don't know yeah yeah, yeah i i love you seems like a pretty big first step before the engagement yeah yeah i i, I think i think that's odd that's odd to me but we get the big uh Fletcher commandeering the staircase and and driving after a plane down the runway, throwing shoes at the windshield. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it's still so funny to see it like that scene when they when Fletcher and Audrey are looking through the porthole window or whatever. Yeah, and just like like this is audio, but like Jim Carrey's face where it's like. He's shifting the. Th- it's so Jack Black, like he's shifting the thing into extra gear to go to go ahead of the plane. And he's like, <laughs> and, like <laughs> and it's just so funny. But also, yeah. like, how on earth could that thing outmaneuver a plane? Yeah, this is a very high risk maneuver that he's going for. Yeah, he's taking his life in his hands. And the and the axis, like. Like how how would you be able to run that thing when you're up so when you have it fully extended at that speed, and not like the slightest turn? I'm not a physicist, but the slightest turn I feel like in that thing is coming down. Oh yeah, no, the center of gravity is really fucked up on that if you got it extended like that. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, not a not a chance. Are you doing any of that? Yeah, but somehow he does. And uh, I I feel like for what he did one year later at the end of this movie seems like a little bit premature of a time frame for him to be celebrating another one of Max's birthdays. You know, I, uh, maybe it's the pre nine eleven world or <laughs> something, but just but, a little slap yeah. on the wrist. Yeah. Airport security no. isn't isn't what it is wasn't what it is today. He he was in and out of prison with enough time for Audrey to somehow have also re fallen in lo- love with him over that one year. Yeah, but good old Max he he didn't actually wish for his parents to kiss. He wished for rollerblades. So that was all Audrey. Yeah, I'm assuming it's Audrey, right? It, the The impression is that Audrey initiated it. Yeah. That's kind of the impression I got as well. I think I know they didn't want, but I think it's a missed opportunity to not have the wish affect Audrey at the close yeah. of the movie. Similar yeah. to, uh, I don't even know, but there's other movies that are like set up a sequel. Yeah. Like, yeah. Set up the sequel. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, oh, uh, one thing I forgot to mention about the plane is that the plane that they're getting on is one that doesn't actually go to Boston. Like, the, the that particular airline, Tower Air, does not fly to Boston. Hmm. And, holy shit, this waited too long. I think that <laughs> means it's time for Sponsorship Corner. This is, has to be like the latest whatever. Yeah. Always on the lookout for product placements and movies. This week, Liar Liar is brought to you by Mercedes. Uh, however, when he's pulled over, that the particular model of Mercedes that he drives doesn't actually have a, gl- a glove box because it's got limited space. So when he gets pulled over... They had to like do an interior shot with a different model of Mercedes so that they had a glove box. Nice. Yeah. So a uh, Jeep, Volvo, and uh, vehicles, East Pack Backpack, FedEx, LA Dodgers, Spalding, Sprite, Tropicana Orange Juice, Tower Air, Transworld, Northwest, and Huff's Han- Luff- Lufthansa. Lufthansa Lufthansa Airlines, the fictional law firm of Alan Stewart and Schwartz, and the book Green Eggs and Ham. And this has been Sponsorship Corner. There you go. Yeah. So there we go. I think that is liar, liar, isn't it? Or do you have anything else you want to say about it? No, I'm good. No, you're good. There we go. That's liar, liar. Oh, I guess bloopers during the credits. I didn't okay. shout out bloopers cr- during the credits. Uh, there are those. I, 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 I've always liked the hag over actor one. <laughs> yeah. Because you watch these bloopers and it's like just Jim Carrey going off for so long and everyone trying to figure out what he's actually doing. But with that one where it's like they actually broke him, it's like it it feels like that's one of the only times anyone has ever out, you know, you know, broken his concentration from what he can do. Yeah, I like the one where it's like the court. It's it's not the the Hague one, but it's it's like miss cole and him and they're all standing around you can tell like the other actors are hanging on his every word like they're just like do, like being actors and like reacting yeah. but he's just like talking on not like he's going on about nonsense and then eventually he breaks himself and they're all just like ah! and then they finally like yeah. have it's to... like it's like being broken from a trance yeah the hypnotist snapped his fingers said the key word well there we go that is liar liar now calling on imdb it scored 6.9 out of 10 and has a meta score of 70 on rotten tomatoes it has <laughs> i don't know why, why did i put that on rotten tomatoes it has 83 percent on the tomato meter and an audience rating of 75 percent but calling those are just numbers like like, I'm kicking my own ass. Do you mind? Hit us with some reviews. Kick your ass with some reviews. Justine G gives the movie four out of five stars and says, 
I can safely say this is by far one of my favorite movies of all time. I grew up watching Jim Carrey, and I've probably seen Liar Liar over 250 times in 32 years. Wow! No matter, <laughs> no matter how many times I continue to watch it, I'll never grow sick of it. Such a funny yet heartfelt plot. Every character in this was perfectly made for their exact parts. Jim Carrey is a genius, to say it modestly. I don't know if that's hyperbole or not, but if if they can back that up with receipts, that's that's impressive that you would watch this movie 250 times. I mean, I liked Liar Liar, and I, I really liked it back in the day, but that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, unknown reviewer gives it three out of five stars and says, Liar Liar is all right. If you'll excuse me damning it with faint praise... It's perfectly fine, the acting is fine, the comedy is fine, it's fine, but it's nothing more than fine. Did it make me laugh? Sure, but it isn't as funny as Bruce Almighty or as heartfelt as The Truman Show, both of which I'd rather watch than this. It's still worth your time, but I wouldn't suggest going out of your way. Wow. I just imagine like a French person saying that review like like while dr- smoking a cigarette. <laughs> it, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Hey, it's fine. <laughs> you know the, the the comedy is fine. The acting is fine. It's fine. What else can <laughs> I say? Huh? Yeah. Uh, another nameless reviewer gives it four and a half out of five stars. Nothing deserves a five star. Now that was a lie, or maybe this is no. It's four and a half. Another lie is people saying Jim Carrey is an overrated actor. Even if that's true, this movie would still hit my top 10 most favorite movies of all time. Alongside Ace Ventura Pet Detective, this movie is and forever will be. Oh, I messed that up. He said, even if that's true, this movie would still hit my top 10 most favorite movies of all time. Alongside Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh, this okay. this movie is and will forever be the most useless, no plot, laugh out loud every second movie I will ever watch. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's that's uh he he didn't stick the landing on that, I don't think. No. This nameless reviewer gave it 0. 0.5 out of 5 and says, "My mother, my late aunt and I picked up this movie because we thought it was going to be good." The concept might have worked, but the problem was that Jim Carrey spoiled everything by his extreme facial mugging. We compared him to Jerry Lewis, whom he was trying to imitate, but even Lewis never twisted his face around so much like Carrey kept doing in this movie. After a half hour, we got sick of it and unloaded the video. It's a high concept idea and perhaps could have worked if some other actor had done the job. If instead of twisting his face around to an extreme when he couldn't give a false answer to a question in a courtroom, the lawyer might have used a more subtle way of showing he couldn't talk. The movie might have had some good laughs, but this movie had me choose to avoid any movies with Jim Carrey in it if possible. And that was the lesson I took from Liar Liar. Hmm. Well, but at least there's a moral. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vivek Kulkarni gave it 4 out of 5 stars, says, Whenever I watch this, I laugh uncontrollably. Jim Carrey, a great actor of his generation, makes me do that. All his 90s movies are hilarious and astonishing to watch. He is a brilliant physical actor. Don't forget to watch the men's washroom scene. More power to you, Jim. (laughs) And this last one is from Andy Smith. Two out of five stars. It's not as funny as I remember it. Watching it now as a grown adult, I feel like it's so silly that this guy would ever even be a lawyer. Jim Carrey is just too over the top. I mean, it was funny as a child slash teenager, but now, not so much. Oh, 
There you go. Is that one signed Sean Wells? What? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Easy now. Pump the brakes. Whoa, big fella. Right on. So, yeah. Uh, 70s and 80s. I mean, uh, that's kind of where we are. Uh, 6.9 all the way up to 83%. I mean, they're... Like, that's strange that the highest rating out of all of them is the 83% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. So, whatever. The numbers are always weird. Mm -hmm. I gave this movie a really hard time tonight. Uh, You know, like, I I didn't need to give it quite so hard of time. It's still a very funny movie. I I kind of agree with that last review. I I I am in the camp of sometimes it was just a little too much. Okay. And and it just it's not my sense of humor anymore. I appreciated some of the subtle things that he did a lot more and but it's still a very funny movie. I still liked it. I'm still glad I rewatched it and I would watch it again. I'm. Yeah. I, I don't hate liar liar. I may, maybe my attitude the entire movie or the entire podcast here was a lie. Is that what I did? It's deceptive. <laughs> this is the funniest movie I've ever seen. I don't know. It's it's liar liar. I like it. You have to like Jim Carrey. He's Jim Carrey at his Jim Carreyist, but I still enjoyed it. I didn't dread watching this. It was funny. Yeah, Colin, liar, liar. Yeah, I would agree. I think this is a movie I remember enjoying a lot when I was younger, and I haven't watched it in a very long time. So I would was just kind of marveling at all the like I talked about before, just all the the more adult humor that I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I thought it was very funny. Now, all the spots that made me laugh when I was a kid still made me laugh. Um, I do agree, like, it was difficult to, like, when, when trying to write a synopsis for this movie, sometimes that, that, is, that's always a telling experience for me with the movie, because it's like a 90 minute movie, mm-hmm. and it's like, it there by. is a, <laughs> there is a, there is a story, but not a lot happens. True. Because, it... because really, it's just a vehicle for Jim Carrey being jim carrey yeah it takes place in like 36 hours that's like the the time frame of this movie yeah like no nobody else really is fleshed out like even fletcher as a as an actual person is like no character really has any meat to them yeah it's really just about fletcher's situation that's the only thing there's no like you know, you don't even really get a sense of his, like, inner turmoil. Like, why does he lie so much? Like, what happened to him? Like, why is he the way he is? Who hurt you? And so, <laughs> and so it's like... So, yeah, I do agree, like, reading the reviews, the plot on this one, if you're, like, a story person, which I usually tend to be, is very, very lacking. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that being said, it's like, 90s Jim Carrey, like the funniest guy on the planet. Yeah. I just, it's tough for me to, tough for me to hate him. Like, and he the, just the goal... goes on with like 
me myself and Irene, Bruce Almighty. Like yeah. he he was like he had like he, he ruled everything for at least a decade. Yeah. Him and yeah, Will like, Smith and you know, there were a few of them. Yeah. Like the goal the goal of this movie is to just make you laugh. And in that it was successful, so that's what it did. I think I think it's still a worthwhile movie to watch. Yeah, and as far as Jim Carrey that we've watched on this show, I'd also say it holds up better than Ace Ventura. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I, I kind of feel like if if somebody if like somebody was to ask me somebody born probably like in two thousand ten were to ask me like oh. I heard about this Jim Carrey guy. Like, I want to go back and watch some OG Jim Carrey. I actually think I would tell them to watch Liar Liar yeah. first, and then watch like Ace Ventura. Yeah. Like, I think it's I think it's a softer introduction to <laughs> a softer introduction. <laughs> yeah, you you don't feel like. You you want to just throw them into the deep end with the way that <laughs> we were all introduced to Jim Carrey? No. I, you know, it's it's kind of like, how do you introduce a new generation to a series like Star Wars? Yeah. You know, do you go in chronological order of release? Do you go in order of episode? Do you go in machete order? Do you, do you pepper in the... Uh, the different series i don't know like it's yeah so how how do you how do you navigate the carry verse that's the question that we all have to ask indeed (laughs) indeed life's greatest questions (laughs) no you know what you do if someone says hey i want to see early jim carrey you'd be like okay go watch the number 23 (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) watch I mean I I definitely wouldn't say go watch the cable guy maybe I'd tell them to go watch Batman and Robin I think my my introductory to Jim Carrey movies would be Batman Forever Batman Forever yeah yeah it would be Liar Liar or Bruce Almighty yeah yeah Bruce Almighty would be a soft one that that, that's dipping your toes into Jim Carrey Mm mm-hmm test in the waters well there we go that's liar liar and that's our show for this week oh boy you know what like go tell someone about our show get more earballs listening you know just it helps a podcast or go give us some stars if you haven't given us stars thank you to the people that have given us stars if you haven't go give us some stars it helps throw us up some charts and helps get get us noticed or uh Become an executive producer of the show and go over to patreon.com slash I used to like this one. Become a patron of the show and you get you become an executive producer and get a shout out just like Joshua Blum of the 13th Hour Podcast. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to hear from you. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at one at gmail.com. Tell us how much you love us. Tell us what movies you want to hear us talk about and yeah all that good stuff um if you're in the edmonton area and you want to see more of me you can come watch me perform as george deaver in the walterdale theater production of all my sons running october 11th to 21st 
And check out our friends at Carter and the Capitals. Their new single, Sad Inside, is out right now. You can find it on Spotify, YouTube, and likely wherever you get music. I don't know anybody who... I don't use Apple Music anymore, but I'm sure a lot of people do. So maybe go there, yeah. I guess. It's on Spotify. Try it I know they're on Spotify. That's where I listen to them. So, yeah. yeah go check out our yeah theme song by Lyndon Carter. His band, Carter and the Capitals. Anywhere you listen to music. Check out my other podcast, In Front of the Yellow Line. Hear what it's like... Uh, what, what a bus driver thinks about you know, short form podcast. It's, it's over before you know it. It's great. So, uh, Colin, next week. Oh boy. You know, this, this next one is a movie that. Uno mas? It, it's, a, it's a movie that I have only ever seen once. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's before now. Because I saw it and I'm like, okay. And I forgot about it. So. Yeah, I I don't have a huge memory with this movie, and I was surprised that I didn't own it. I figured I owned it, but I'm like, no, I thought I'd seen this movie more. Maybe I've seen it twice. I don't know. It's just it's never been my favorite one. But yeah, we yeah that movie that that movie is the uh, what would I call it? It's 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 the it's the alternate dimension rush hour in my in my alternate dimension rush hour (laughs) interesting shanghai noon the jackie Jackie chan owen wilson team up movie whoa i'm very excited wow wow see i've been working on my own wow wow i i've i've been working on my own wilson Oh, wow! Come on! Oh my my own my my own Wilson! I I I lost it! Wow! What kind wow. of cowboy name is John Wayne? Wow! <laughs> wow! So, wow! That'll be the, that'll be the end wow. of the show! Wow! wow. So I, I'm I'm excited! Yeah, I, so I I don't have a lot of history with Shanghai Noon. I've seen it, but I'm not super familiar. So I look forward to okay. seeing it again. Yeah can't wait nice yeah so there we go i'm sean wells i'm colin stewart and we'll see you next time when we take a look at liar liar on i used to like this one yeah i think it's google that's fucking with our uh, sound levels because i noticed a couple times when i made a loud noise that it, like I, I got a little mess Wow. So, wow. That'll be the that'll be the end wow. of the show. Wow. 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 Wow.